0: First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or a 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com.
1: 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springsteen of the My View Matters Radio Show, and on behalf of myself and co-host Ed Martin, I urge you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks.
2: Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace.
3: Email MyViewMatters at AOL.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want
0: all of you to get up out of your chairs.
1: Dot com. Or you can go for all the latest stories and podcasts we're putting out there for the world to see. While you are at com, i would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before, you please join the email newsletter. We'll send you updates on a weekly or a monthly basis, your choice. Secondly, join the RSS feed. We have thousands and thousands of you guys who get the feed sent direct to your inbox. So we hope the rest of you will join them as well. And finally, donate, donate to donate. Yes, I know it's a tough time of year, but we always have to ask. Uh, your donations kind of help us keep everything rolling and keep this show going. So we appreciate any help you can get us at edspringson.com. There is a handy-dandy donate button. In the meantime, call the number is always 858-683-1326. For those of you in the listening to you, hit the number one on your dial pad. We'll put you on here as soon as possible. And for everyone else, the live chat is now open. Go on there and chat away, or you can actually message me messenger on Facebook at Ed Springston. Well, here we go. Yes, here we go. We have yet another week. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how everything goes. First and foremost, I must apologize for last week. Uh, we had a problem with audio last week. Uh, Block Talk Radio was having a problem once again with Skype. I don't know what their problem is, but it kept us from having anything. Uh, I could actually hear you guys, and I could hear everything, but nobody could hear me. So, you know, I know some of you guys think that's actually a good thing, you know. But uh, for me, it wasn't such a great thing. So, we hopefully have it worked out. Skype appears to be fixing out with BTR this week, so hopefully this show has no glitches to it. In the meantime, Mr. Martin, how are you?
0: Uh, Hold on, Mr. Springsteen.
1: Well... Holding up
0: what's going on lately, yeah, holding up, that's
1: about it well, you've been you've been really busy <laughs> lately, man. I tell you what it's been kind of I don't know if your old age is catching up to you or if you're just that busy, but boy, I tell you, it seems to have been uh a little bit out of- the, out, out- of the ordinary this time of year for you, um but that's what makes the world around you you make you make money, you give jobs, you know, Barack Obama's out of office so he's does to quit your employment. I know I know, and uh you know, so it is what it is, right.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, part of it, part of it really is the, uh, you know, the, the low unemployment and stuff is. Uh, it seems like, it seems like it's hard. It's it's hard to hire help these days. Huh? So you, you, you get it done yourself. So that's just the way that goes.
1: Well, it, it really is. It's hard to get good help anyway anymore. Uh, and, and the choices we've got, even though there's, a lot of jobs out there now, very very little unemployment. The people who are unemployed today uh, basically are unemployed through choice. Uh, Now that sounds harsh to my liberal friends. They ain't got no choice being unemployed. They pay seven dollars an hour. You can't work for less than ten. You know, it's not their choice. Well, it's still a choice, folks. So don't give me that. You know. Nobody nobody pays under. No, you know. I'm
0: sure. I'm sure somebody can find a find a job out there, and they could post something online. Is somebody actually paying seven dollars an hour? But the fact of the matter is when Amazon's paying 15 uh I think the average the average at, at McDonald's is 11 and right. Walmart starts at 11 Well, was just a dollars If you're working a $7 an <laughs> hour job, if you're working a minimum wage job. It's the only reason you took that job and the only reason they hired you is because you can't pass a drug test and they don't care. And that's you forty-seven dollar. I'm sorry. Just,
3: well, we're you know, shit. but well, that's it.
0: We, well, we we deal with that. You know, it's like yep. it's like every Walmart you walk into has starting pay eleven dollars an hour. Every right. you know McDonald's starting pay eight eighty eight. And if you can actually push a button right, in no time flat, you'll be making you'll be making eleven dollars an hour. You just show up for work on time for more than two or three weeks of the stretch. Yeah. So right. and Amazon opens at fifteen an hour. they work working to death, I've heard. But mm. that's the that's the reality. I guess so you are sick and tired of me too. oh you know, minimum wage, living wage. It's like dude, you know, wake up. Walmart well, starting at eleven. You know, you you prove your the worth. Point. You move up. It's like and everybody's like right. that's the question always ask. Who in the hell is paying minimum wage? And and there's <laughs> somebody to come in.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, the, the real point—the real point is that if you're physically able to work, and I'm not picking on anybody that's not, um, but you know, if, if you're physically able to work and you're not working right now, that's basically your fault. There's plenty of opportunity out there. Now, I'm not saying that every job is going to be a great job. That it's going to be, you know, uh, puppy dogs and rainbows. You know, and they're going to bullshit up your ass every day and tell you what a great guy you are. It don't work that way in real life. Yeah, but that's the problem with some of these some, some of these younger guys. They don't get that. They think puppy dogs and rainbows are, are part of their daggone benefits package. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but this is a show we talk about a few things. So, speaking of benefit package, um, <laughs> we're actually going to get into this a little bit later in the show tonight. We're going to talk about the retirement situation in Kentucky. But I think we're going to get straight to it, and here's why. They're... Uh, There was an article this morning out by the Courier-Journal, which I was kind of surprised they wrote it, by Tom Loftus, talking about the $43 billion pension hole. And he, you know, he postulated what he thought the hole was caused from. And quite frankly, much of it I agree with. Um, You know, but it was interesting. The most interesting part of that story, and I'll get into some of that story here in a few minutes, was that he was talking about, we really got in trouble on the pensions in Kentucky between 2003 and 2016. Now, who was in charge during that period? Democrats. Democrats. The Democrats had the House and the governorship during all of these years.
0: Yeah, and the Re- didn't do and the, thing. Republicans, the Republicans had the Senate, you know, fair enough. But.
1: Well, of course, but you can, you can get away from that. But, but they had enough power to push changes, and they refused to push it. You know, the House should have been pushing these changes, the governor should have been pushing these changes of funding the pensions and, and push the Republicans into a corner, right? But they wouldn't do it because they don't want to really fix the pensions. Because they might piss off the unions by making the hard choices. So they didn't do anything. It was That was the most interesting part of that whole article, was Tom Loftus not mentioning who, who really had the control here. But, lo and behold, things get better later in the day. Uh, a few hours ago, Matt Bevin, Governor Matt Bevin, called a special legislative session to deal with the pensions that is going to start tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, so he is calling a special session for the legislature that begins at 8 p.m. tonight, uh, calling all of them in to work on the pensions. Now, this to me is brilliant. I've got to admit this. This to me is brilliant, and here's why. For those people who haven't been paying attention this week, uh, Supreme Court struck down the pension bill that got passed last year through last session, with Matt Bevin. They didn't pass it down on the merits of the bill. They didn't say anything was wrong with the bill. What they did is they basically passed it down and threw it out because of a procedural problem. Essentially, in order for this bill to be considered and voted on and enacted and passed, they had to have three readings in three days. So one reading a day for three days before anybody was allowed to vote on it. They did not meet that legal requirement. Because of that, they threw it out. Now, that was just dumb not knowing the procedural requirement on that. All right, I get that. But they didn't say that there was anything wrong with the bill itself. It just didn't pass that muster. Now of course Andy Bashir, you know, little Andy Bashir, our attorney general, is the one who sued for all this, is taking all this credit for saving the pensions. Andy Bashir, you're a moron. You didn't save anything. <laughs> all you do is you call a special session or you go into January session, you read it three days straight and pass the exact same damn thing. Um so to me, it makes this interesting because it it paints the Democrats into a corner. And it also puts the Republicans who are waffling now because they're scared of having to deal with this again. It was hard to get it through the first time. They're scared of having to deal with this again. You're also testing their backbone. So both sides of this equation have a lot to win or lose because of this special session. And I kind of like the move. It may be political suicide for Matt Bevin. It may cost him re-election if he had a shot at re-election. I personally think he does. Um, It may cost him that because of this last-minute move like this prior to the new session. But at the same time, the people who enacted this and didn't follow procedure are the ones being held accountable because they have to do this special session before any new people come in in January. I like the move. What do you think? Um,
0: Well, I... I think the notice was a little tight, but uh, you know you could have called it could have called it a little little earlier, you know when it was right after it was struck down. Uh, but I, I haven't seen it work, and I as it, sometimes I'll tell you at work, it is Generally they abide by it, so that I don't have to do it, say it all the time. But there's times I see it a lot, and it goes. You can do it right, or you can do it twice.
1: There you go. That's so, it.
0: There you go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wow. Wow. Like, does that ever apply? I, I think it's it a little, I think he could have called it sooner and given some people some time. You know, to, well, let's face it. You're in Paducah, and they're saying, that's that's called four hours. You ain't going to get there. You ain't going to make it to Frankfurt unless you break the law <laughs> of speeding. So, I mean, right. that was a little rude. Now, now, as far as the pitching goes, I did not read the Loftus article don't really mm-hmm. care to because i've been going back and forth with uh, cj personnel for on and off for 10 years and oh i know uh, you know I, I still don't think they understand the pension but what, what caused the pension it, it now you could tell me you read it one of the biggest problems with the pension was it, it really began well it began long ago when they, followed, they figured out they could take money out of it and allocate but one of the problems began under the uh under the Clinton the pre right before the uh the uh two K stuff. The stock market was running ragged, you know, and it was having a blast. And what it is is they were invested apparently better than they have been recently, but they were invested in a market that was giving them good returns. And these idiots, being politicians, short sighted, not being able to pull their head out of their ass, they well, they didn't they their mind Set what they didn't have to fund it because my God, just Clinton, you know, and Clinton said it. New rules and you know, this is the new economy. And nobody thought nobody thought that the markets would collapse, you know. And that's the problem. Is the markets get them to be intellectually uh, lazy and look the other way on their fiduciary because these politicians, by and large, are not real bright. They, they don't understand that the market's going to crash. You know, it's always going to correct itself sooner or later. And they they just thought that they could just leave the principal in and, my gosh, you know, we we're having 25% return years and stuff. We'll never need to put another dime in because we've invested it so brilliantly that it'll that we'll take care of itself just on the, no, the fact that it's compounding. And, it's, and and they're doing it, you know, and they still do it. And that's the thing that I, I like, Bevan. But I'm here to tell you the man's about to get smoked, and the pension is going to hit the shits because he's sitting there, and they're still investing roughly the same way they always have, and they're trying to get their returns up to, to do it. The market's going to correct itself. The market is correcting itself, some. and haven't done it yet. It's not like it's going to. Well, the thing is, and though, that's, that's something they're not giving you a current accounting on it. That the current slide in the market, losing a few percent here and there, it's called the beta factor. They're probably invested high risk, so if the market slips four percent, their investments probably slip eight. So you watch and see what happens when we do when they do and they audit the pension. If the market doesn't get back to where it was, we're really in worse shape. And it's it's politicians. I'm sorry, Bevin's supposed to know this game, and he's not playing it very well right
1: now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily Concerned go as far. Well, I wouldn't go as far as you are against Bevin on that. And here's why: because for the first time, um, you know, the pensions were actually fully funded this year for the first time. You got to give Matt Bevin credit for that. Now, as far as the, the gimmicky financing, the interest rate swaps, and all the ridiculous shit they've been doing, I mean, it said a lot when they got rid of the only guy that was on the retirement system board that had any knowledge about that crap when I got rid of Chris Toby. Who went on to write yeah. a book called Kentucky Fried Pinchers and has updated that. He's got Kentucky Fried Pinchers Two out there. I strongly he, recommend anyone in the retirement system in Kentucky to please go get that st- book. You can get it online. And he's still. But the
0: thing is, is he's still fighting. He's, he's still, still, still fighting. Against it. Yeah, he's still fighting. Absolutely. Basically nothing. Basically, very very little has changed, and we're still doing the hedge fund crap. We're still doing all that crap, mm-hmm. chasing high returns. Because if they get a high enough return, they can claim some sort of some sort of Absolutely. fiscal victory. And like I say, markets huh? the market's skittering right now, and I guarantee you, right now they are scared shitless because they don't do a running total of the well, of the investments. But at some point, if it doesn't bounce back in a hurry when they do when they do their little audit and and uh, you know the uh, state of the pension type audit, right? Watch it's it's well it, they're playing. Even in spite of funding it completely, the principal and the you know the the presumed returns won't be there. It's going to take a hit, and it's going to look like crap. And that's what's going to cost Bevin governorship if it doesn't bounce back. Look, all that's this, a real all possibility. This, all this in all this end, ringing over the pension, and if the market mm-hmm. continues to slide, will amount to nothing. The pension will be in worse shape if the market doesn't get itself straightened out soon.
1: Well, you know, and to, put it in, and to put it in as simple terms as I know how, uh, you know, for, for, for those rednecks who aren't uh, you know, I'm one of those rednecks who aren't educated, so I try to simplify things. Uh, you know, for, for a lot of people go to the boat. They're slot machine jockeys. They go to the boat, they just keep pulling this damn one-armed bandit and hitting the boat, right? For you guys that go over to the boat all the time, and you're betting $5 for every spin, and you've lost $5,000 spinning on this boat and haven't hit anything, But then one spin hits and you get 500 back, you claim that as a victory. You hit on the boat for 500 bucks. Forget about the 4,500 that you lost. That's kind of what they're doing with this pension plan. That's kind of what they're doing with this pension game. So they're going to continue doubling down and doubling down, and then they'll get one small hit and say, "Woohoo, we won, when they haven't really won anything. Um, you know, so I mean, that's the thing. Well, I'm just, and, I'm and that's just gonna, that's the yeah, game they're I'm playing.
0: Just, I'm just going to go out on a limb. And, and I'm going to say it right now: if the market doesn't bounce way back, which it won't, if the market doesn't come roaring back and just screech right past its highs. You watch, the Kentucky pension will be will be less less well funded than it was whenever the last audit came. Through. Watch, it will be it will be right. hurting, and. And the idiots on both sides will step up. One group will blame something that doesn't exist, and another group will try to blame, no doubt, try to blame Bevan. even though for the last 15, 20 years they didn't Their hits were so far up their ass that they were basically trying to cover their reckless spending with the returns on the investment, too, that, that right. didn't materialize. And like that, if the market takes a slide, it's done. And it, I've said it before, I, I want them to fix the pension. And, and I think Bevin is definitely doing more than this year did with his little gas taxi right. swap thing. Like, hey, here's a dime here, oh, I'll fix it. I mean, that was in the Courier Journal. All these other idiot outlets bought that crap. All oh, right. the governor said, "It's fixed." Like, well, it's because you're a fucking
2: idiot. But
3: uh, right, uh,
0: you know, the, the thing is, is, is like I say, it's. Uh, it's going to take a hit. <laughs> when it does, I would say people people will blame Bevin, or they'll they'll try to blame something else. Nobody will take responsibility for the fact that they they basically laid this egg a long time ago. Uh, you know, so I'm just going to sit back and, as I've said before, when when Bashir went after it, uh, don't you know? It's a like, hey, My my reaction was, hey, just you know, let him turn it over. Right. Uh, don't even run for governor, and maybe baby Andy will win the governorship and let's see what he's got, you know, but then it'll be in worse shape. So, uh, you know, I'll that's kind of, and, and that's kind of how it It's like, I think it's in worse trouble than a lot of people think it is. Chris and I probably agree on that. And let right. uh, like you say, if Bevin doesn't get reelected, the next chump in, you know, the, the, whether it's Bashir sure or even or whoever the hell, Good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck, you know. I, I really do. I, I hope somebody magically invests in something that gives a 600% return and they, and they sell at the top and, they, and the pensions are magically funded and everything. I hope everything works out, but I wouldn't bet on it. So, you know, if, if they're going to fight over it like this and they're not going to get anything substantively done, then it's going to burn. And I don't want well, that the thing about employees it, employees. I have relatives that are public pensioners. I don't want that right. for them, but you know what? It comes a point in time. You give you enough rope to hang yourself. You know, you,
1: you protest, well, suspension,
0: you pray. They protested everything. It's like look, they, you you've resisted. The amazing realistic. thing
1: is, yeah. But the amazing thing is, all this gimmick financing and everything else that they've been doing has proven, primarily over the last ten years, to be a, an abysmal failure. For all kinds of municipalities. We've had all kinds of municipalities go bankrupt because of the pension crisis, because of the gimmick financing we've been doing through the state here. Um, You know, I put a lot of focus and attention on this type of gimmick financing, the interest rate swaps, the hedge funds, all that stuff. Um, Between the years of 2008 and 2011, you know, I went to town on all this stuff, primarily using MSD. As an example, because that was yep. something near and dear to home at the time, and we talked about all this gimmick financing through MSD and how it was going to affect retiree pensions and everything else in a bigger picture. Because Kentucky itself and our retirement funds are following the same plan. Uh, Future fund actually did yeah, a lot in it, regards what was, to this What was it? What was it? I
0: was going to say? What was it? Uh, Jefferson County, Alabama, was it? Or, or was it Mississippi? Yep, yep. Jefferson, far County, far? Yeah, Jefferson, Jefferson, Jefferson County, Jefferson
1: County, Alabama went bankrupt. Same crap. Uh, actually I did, same crap. I, yeah. I did a headline on an article that said Jefferson County goes bankrupt. I intentionally left Alabama off of it back then. And the whole and the whole city erupted. Mainstream media was getting a hold of me with no good bastard I was lying about shit. Politicians were calling me left and right. I said, Did you read the article? Well you motherfucker, we ain't bankrupt. <laughs> did you read the article? It says Jefferson County, Alabama. And I didn't put Alabama or Kentucky on there for a reason because Jefferson <laughs> County, Alabama is our twin sister, right? But uh, Jefferson County, Alabama is actually Birmingham, both for those of you who identify with cities. But this isn't anything that was new. I started outlining this back in 2008. I first became aware of this kind of crap through uh, Paul Holliger and Ray Pierce with Stop It and uh, Stop Invisible Taxes. You know, they brought me up to speed on all this in 2006. So I started researching, doing background work, everything else. And the deeper I got, the more disturbing it was. Now, this isn't something that I just put out on a blog and just forgot about. I also talked to the appropriate politician and appropriate leadership and gave them the information I had and different stories and all the background research and stuff. And they all just thought I was an idiot, you know, because they're smarter than us. Folks, let me tell you something. Every elected official in office today, bar none, and I'm going to tell you, bar none, are dumb as rocks. And I don't care if you're talking about the state of Kentucky, the city of Louisville, or the great United States itself. And yes, I know people, are, the libertarians are going to freak out. Ron Rand Paul ain't dumb. He's smart as shit. Tom Messi's smart as shit. No. They're all dumb. And here's why. Because but, all uh, of them on a state, are on a, on,
0: a state, on a state level, them It's pretty sharp.
1: I don't care. They're dumb. And here's why. <laughs> because every one of them come from a different angle, but none of them come for the big picture. The big picture was identified in their head the way that they wanted it to be. Every one of them failed to understand that I may be a, a libertarian or Ed Martin may be a libertarian, I may be a Republican, Joe Blow on the streets a Democrat. We all have ideological differences. But the smartest one of all three of us and I'll let you guys determine who that might be the smartest one of all three of us realizes that Ed Martin is a libertarian has one piece of this puzzle that I don't have. Ed Springsteen, as a Republican, has one piece of this puzzle that I don't have. And like Joe Blow on the street has the other piece of this puzzle that I don't have. That's the big picture. If it takes three pieces to make this puzzle work, then you've got to accept yeah. the fact that you don't know everything. And unfortunately, and nobody, we don't yeah, have that Nope,
0: no, And you're right. you're right. Nobody is 100% right. Nobody is 100% right where they can stand up and say, look, this is my ideology. This is my plan. And it is to not be challenged. And in the end, we don't need input from anybody else because it's perfect. That Absolutely.
1: Uh, and I'll be honest with you, every liberal in, in Congress thinks they're perfect. I can promise you that. Look at Pelosi and Schumer. But the the point is, though, that's the thing. So it doesn't matter how much griping we've done, how much we've outlined, how much we've put out there. I haven't been alone in this fight. Like I said, stop invisible taxes. Ray Pierce and Paul Hogan brought me to speed on it. I went to the next level with it with publicity and stuff and did some more research Future Fund, give those guys credit. Future Fund, when they were fighting MSD and everything down at Floyd's Fork, they also went into all of this different gimmick financing, interest rate swaps, and what it was doing uh, to MSD at that time um, and things like that. And everybody understood one thing, and we all put it together, that this is exactly the way the Kentucky retirement systems are being funded. And nobody wanted to listen. And then Chris Toby, the one guy who knows all of this crap – that's what he does for a living. He's got the training. He works the job. He has the experience. Tells this board this stuff and points it out. But this board is made up of political cronies, right? Steve Beshear's buddies. Screw you. The governor wants us to do this so he can benefit from us, so that's what we're going to do. That's the same thing with little Andy and everybody else. It's all political based. So these interest rate swaps, these different hedge funds and everything else, they're using people that are favorable to whatever administration is in charge. To this point, it's usually been the Democrats. And Steve Beshear and his little cronies were getting kickbacks and payoffs for it. Andy Beshear was benefiting from them as well. And he's running for governor. I'll tell you a name that came up into this today, though, Ed. I'm really shocked by it. I'm not shocked by it. I'm just saddened by it. But Adam Edelin, who took over for uh, Crit Llewellyn, a state auditor, actually had gained a pretty good following and a pretty good uh, (laughs) reputation of his own. You know, yeah, he did. Because, we both, we both because because thought he was.
0: I know. I know. That's because then nobody has connected the dots. It's like, wait a minute. You were the state auditor. You right. You were of the alarm about the pension. No, well, see, said, that's it. I...
1: <laughs> that's it. But he's out there now. He's out there now I'm, playing I'm the, the bullshit auditor. game.
0: I'm, I'm, the aud- I'm the auditor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was blind to
0: the. Even though the newspapers in other states were telling, no about how bad her pension was, I completely missed it. Whoa, shit. Right. Like, okay, well, let me governor. I mean, what are the odds all? Whiff it a second time, I guess. I guess that's what he's going to run on.
1: That's it. That's exactly it. And see, that's the thing. Adam Edlin. now, Adam Edlin. I've been, I actually actually uh, became a Facebook friend of his. Uh, I've met Adam Edlin a couple of times. I was never impressed with him. But as an auditor, I thought he did a pretty credible job coming behind Kurt Llewellyn. Uh, he did make some tough choices as auditor. I was very proud of him for that because it was awful hard to to go after some Democrats when you're the state auditor. And it cost him his job. He lost his job when he got the re-election came around. And when he lost his re-election, he got pissed off and decided he was going to split the Democratic Party in two. Those that believed in him and those that didn't. Uh, so he played the, the, the whiny-ass titty baby game when he lost his election. And, and I started looking at him a little bit different at that point. But now I just look at him as just another idiot out there who will say or do anything to get elected. And here's why. He goes out today and he starts screaming and yelling uh, publicly. in an article. He, he was commenting on his article on Facebook about how Matt Bevin is, should be ashamed of himself, et cetera, for calling a special legislative session, that the people have spoken, the elections have consequences. Therefore, those that were elected should be the ones to decide this pension thing in January when they sit down. Now, this is the, the prototypical Democrat hype machine these days. Elections have consequences. Well, of course they do, we're not done. But the people who are elected should have to decide this in January, not the people who messed it up this past year. See, the problem with that, Adam Elin, because apparently you're too dumb to do your own research, or, or, or you don't have a clue how things really work in this, in, in the way things go. It doesn't matter who decides this, because in January, there's only two seats to change hands Two. the House lost two seats to Democrats. The Senate didn't lose quite those two seats do not affect the majority at all. So the Republicans still have the same power in January, this January, after the election that they had last January before the election. He knows this. But he's trying to play this game and kiss up to the unions and the retirees because he failed to win his re-election as state auditor, and he's still butthurt. See, it's that kind of misdirection that pisses me off. But he gets out there and say that he thinks Matt Bevin's doing the wrong thing, but don't sit here trying to play the pretend game of elections. We know what the elections were. You know, that's what we do. We make sure people know how the elections went. January isn't going to make any difference. The one thing that I do like And it's the reason that I like this so much, and Adam Edelman will disagree because he's out there pandering for votes now, playing the whiny-ass game or the attack game. But the one thing, the reason I like this, and I said this at the top of the show, is forcing those people who made a mistake in January, that were waffling anyway, to sit there and back their asses up. You're not just going after the Democrats. The Democrats are irrelevant. The Democrats had nothing to do with this now. They're not going to be able to do anything about it in January. But the Republicans who were waffling before they go into session We've now got a full accounting of them, and we get to hold them accountable during this session. No matter how this turns out, they're going to be forced to deal with it. So I like yeah, that.
0: And we're not and we're not asking them to rewrite it or anything. It's basically no. okay, guys. Rule uh, said you had to read it three times. Okay. Yep. Read it three times. You know. Well, I don't yep. care. Read it four times for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know? read it. Read it three times and vote on it like you did before, <laughs> and go home. You know that's they that, It's really that simple.
1: That's it. You make it a short week. You know, you read it tonight at eight o'clock. You read it tomorrow night. You read it Wednesday, Thursday. You vote on it. Everybody's home by Friday. Christmas Eve is Monday. Enjoy your holiday. You know that's the thing. And and the thing that the thing is Adam Elin and Andy Bashir trying to pretend like there's something really wrong here and they've accomplished something. It's absurd to me. The problem is 90% of the idiot liberals and Democrats in this state will believe them. Let's go to the phones. Paul, you're on the air.
2: And I have to agree with, with you on one point in particular, and that is this, this special session is going to make all of these Kentucky legislators go on the record in a straight up and down vote on a single issue. Now, I, as a, a voter and a resident of Kentucky, I would love to see every single bill be a single issue bill. In fact, they're supposed to be. Uh, we're supposed to have uh, codified the fact that uh, that Kentucky's bills are supposed to be single issue bills. So I don't understand how the Republican-controlled legislature tacked this pension bill into a sewer bill. I, I don't understand that given the fact that I know we have this law that says it's supposed to be a single-issue bill, okay? So anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad that all 138 of these elected legislators statewide are going to be on the record straight up or straight down. This is great. Now, uh, point of information, the uh, special session must last a minimum of five days. Five right. days. Right. Okay. And no, I get that. Uh, another, and, and since it was called for the sole purpose of uh, dealing with these pensions, no other subject can be brought up. No other subject oh, can be brought absolutely.
1: Well, but, but, but we all know it will be. They'll be talking about everything while they're there. Sitting. They'll be talking to each other's offices, but not on the floor. Uh, but you're right. It does have to last five days. That's what I'm saying. You read it tonight at eight o'clock. You read it tomorrow. You read it Wednesday. You've got your three days in. Thursday you have your discussion and your vote. Friday morning you wrap up and go home by noon. It's still five days, Monday through Friday. So they're going to be able to short it. They're going to be able to short it, but still get the five day rule in. And that's the plan, I know. But you know, it's just the whole thing is the the thing is just everybody's so delusional about this. And I mentioned you earlier. I don't know if you were in a queue or not at the time. You know, but this is the same stuff that that you and Ray Pierce had stopped and brought to me back in two thousand and six. We went over MSD and stuff. We were looking at the gimmick swap financing, the interest rate swaps, and everything that contributed to the debt service with MSD. And then two years later in 2008 is when I really started po- pointing a lot of this stuff out that you guys have brought to my attention. And, and we started really pushing this stuff. But all of that stuff was the same exact thing that Kentucky Pensions were doing. And we were talking about it publicly then. This is over 10 years ago. And we continued for three years And everybody ignored it. And then all of a sudden, in 2013, we've got this crisis with the pension system five years ago that's only gotten worse since then, and all of this was under Democratic rule. So, you know, that's the thing for me. It's not like, you know, if a bunch of backwoods, redneck country fucks like myself can understand this, (laughs) it's not like these so-called great, you know, respected elders of of our great, you know, Commonwealth of Kentucky legislature can't. But unfortunately, they don't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. They got rid of the one guy who knew how to handle it was Chris Toby, you know, because they wanted to make sure that they got on their knees and praise, all praise be to Allah Bashir, right? That's exactly what was going on. And now we're at this point. And for Adam Edelin and Andy Bashir to sit here and try to claim some kind of a victory that that the courts have stopped this pension bill to save the pensions is even more of a mockery. Once again, it's the left uniting to try to pass across a falsehood to, to that, that was, you know, going to destroy what they built. You know, I like that Obama. When Obama was running, I built this, I built that. Everything he built turned to shit. I mean, it's, it's like building a cardboard house in the middle of a rainstorm, and that's what they've done with these pensions. And Andy Bashir and everybody else refuses to put credit where it goes. And the Democrats in general, when they had the power for all those years, most of the last 90 years, as we know, have never done anything to fix it when they had the power. Now the Republicans finally fully funded for the first time, and are screaming and yelling because brand new teachers that get hired might have to go into a 401k plan instead of getting this golden parachute. You know, sort of like the rest of America does. These are the things yeah. that drive me nuts.
3: Well,
2: that, that too, is a really, really puzzling why the current uh, folks that are in these pension plans all get, have got their bowels in an uproar over people who have not even yet been hired. Come on. Right. That doesn't right, make right. any sense at all. That makes right. no sense at all. They claim they're concerned about their pensions, but yet they're all exercised about people who haven't even been Interviewed, much less hired. Give me a break. Give me a break.
1: But that's that's the union mentality. That's the UAW mentality. People are gonna say, how can you make an equation between the UAW and the teachers? Well, it's real simple. It's the union mentality. The retirees, you know, before they retired, they were fighting about the new guys coming in. They have to have this. They have to have that. But then when it comes time for them to retire, Ford says, okay, we're gonna kick in a little bit for your retirement. You know, as long as you as long as you vote to pass this contract, it's going to fuck the new guys. That's how they ended up. With, that's how they ended up with all the temps working at LAP right now. Ford yeah. don't have these employees; or are temporary employees because the retirees sold out so they could pad their retirement. They were caring about the little guy, right? Until they got bought off too. That's what these teachers are—they're in the system now. So that's a bullshit retiree wannabes who could care less about the little man when it comes time for them to get their pension. And it comes time to retire. When the shit hits the fan. They're going to run from the fan. Go ahead, Ed. Well, no,
0: I just agree with Paul. It's just it it doesn't make a lot of sense. The fact is, if I was a teacher, knowing how bad the pension is, uh, and I was a new teacher, what I'm saying, if I was a new teacher, I would actually be okay with the 401K, because knowing that it's so grossly underfunded and with even a rudimentary understanding that a downturn in the market will make it even worse underfunded, I, they say, well, you're going to have to get into a 401k. It's like, oh, you mean I don't have to get into Yes, or whatever the hell? Oh, thank right. God. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, 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 yeah, that, I can see the new. That's what I don't understand. I actually know a few new teachers. And they're like, well, you know, I don't know. you got to put in my own 401k. I'm like, no, you're Really, you you don't want to be low man on total pole. You don't want to be the last sled dog in this line because. Well, isn't your mom a retired education? teacher? Uh, stepmother is. You know, she's, okay. You know, she okay. she's, she's, she's long since retired, but but um, I have other family members who are who are newer teachers, and uh, like I say, they they have some misgivings. Like, oh, it's not the same pension. but you should. Uh, at this point in the game, the new the new ones should be thankful it's not the old one because I mean, clearly, basically all the all the pension is is a, it, it, under its current form is a pyramid scheme. The people who are in it sooner are going to get paid off, uh, and if the younger ones were forced to pay into into the uh, into the teachers fund, the public pension fund. You would never see that money because a few things are going to go wrong. Just mark my words, a few things are going to go wrong. That pension, the pensions are going to be in worse shape unless the market stops this current slide. The pensions are going to be in worse shape uh, at the next auditing than they were at the last one. And you know, I mean, oh my God, it's like, yeah, trust me on that. It's it's not going to be pretty. Bevin will try to explain his way out of it. He may explain it properly, but ain't nobody going to want to hear it. All we're going to look at is like the pension is in worse shape. Well, the coming. problem
1: with Bevin is Bevin is actually a pretty intelligent guy, believe it or not, folks. I know we don't come across that way. But the problem is his arrogance. He always talks down to people like he's better than everybody, and probably because he believes he is. Because he, you know, probably because he believes he is, but but he is intelligent. I don't think this is going to bite him as hard as you think it is. But I I think it's going to bite him no matter what. He could have, he could be the salt of the earth, the the jovial, jolly good chap, you know. But he's still a Republican in Kentucky, so he's going to pay a part. He's going to pay a price no matter what. But I, you know, I think it's somewhere between what would normal price would be for a Republican governor. Versus the bottom of the barrel where you're at right now. I think it's somewhere in between there. Let's bring McAdam in. God knows he's chomping at the bit. How are you, Mr. McAdam? <clears throat> I'm just. He just, um, he, he
0: just wants it. to start a. Guy, he, he probably wants to start an argument about something we haven't even talked about yet.
3: Talk about <laughs> oh, I have. To, I, have I have a theory that I want you guys to to sure. j- dissect for me. I, sure. You are the the leading experts in this part of the world on conspiracy oh, theories.
1: No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> all right. You gotta give you that. I may be one of those people on conspiracy. Good job, Tom. Go ahead. I'm not trying to but I'm
3: damn close. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's a there's a provision in the Kentucky state constitution that says no law enacted by the General Assembly shall relate to more than one subject and that shall be expressed in the title. Okay, that's called the subject title rule. It's in the, it's that's actually right. in the Bill of Rights of the Constitution. Now there's a book, there's a book, a a, a, a pamphlet, that that is on the desk of everybody in the in the General Assembly and everybody in the Legislative Research Commission. It's called the Bill Drafting Man- Manual of the Kentucky General Assembly, and, and in section two, tw- yes. and in section two twelve, it says. What has to be? It, it it mentions the Chapter 51 of the Constitution. So, I mean, these people aren't idiots. I mean, the, the elected officials may be idiots, but the people working in the Legislative Research Commission, trust me, these guys know what they're doing, okay? Everybody that drafted that bill knew... That it was constitutionally flawed knew that as soon as it went to court, some judge, any judge who can read and write, would say this is unconstitutional. It didn't have the three readings, of course, the procedural thing. You might be able to get around that by saying it's an emergency, but you can't get around the subject title bill. And so here's a here's a here's a a state law dealing with sewage. And all of a sudden, there's pension reform in it. This is what's called log rolling, and that—that's that, one of the big problems with our federal Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the British, the British Commonwealth, uh, the, the Parliament has outlawed log rolling a long time ago, you know. But 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 we are one of the few countries. That allow these these uh, Christmas turkey bills, you know, that has a little bit of, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and so they have a uh, a bill titled uh, uh, Aid to Disabled Veterans. And it, it ends up building bridges in somebody's uh, uh, jurisdiction, you know, somebody's bailiwick. There's all kinds of pork and stuff. That's one of the things wrong because, you know, if you vote against it because it's a it's a boondoggle, it's a it's a raid on the treasury, then your opponent in the next election will say, "What have you got against disabled veterans?" <laughs> right. And and so that's the big problem. That's the reason they amended the Constitution in 1891, to to put this in there, that that it's an anti log rolling thing. Okay, now, everybody that writes statutes at the Legislative Research Commission knows that this is the law, knows that this is a constitutional requirement. Yet they did it anyway, knowing that the court would throw it out. Now, do I smell a rat here? Why would they do that why why would they i mean i can i can you i'll I'll accept your argument that elected officials are morons you know i've been I've been around as long as you have a little bit longer <laughs> and with a few possible exceptions, I think Frank Burke was an intelligent man, but short of that uh we we've got our share of morons elected in public office our our constitution makes it illegal for convicted felons and idiots to vote. It actually says idiots. Idiots are not allowed to vote in Kentucky. That's a term that doctors don't use much anymore, but back back when the Constitution was read, idiot meant something with a, a 60 IQ, I guess. Uh, but it doesn't say that idiots can't run for office. There's no prohibition against electing idiots. It's just that, that their, their fellow idiots can't vote for them. Why did they do this? You guys, you guys are smarter than me when it comes to this conspiracy stuff. Why did Bevan and the Republican leadership pushed this thing through at the eleventh hour. It was right before Christmas, as I recall. It was uh, it was it was the last minute deal, uh, knowing well, that the court would eventually throw it out and it would have to be voted well, on sh- again.
1: Well, they needed they needed to get it in at the last minute. I understand why they pushed it. Um, as far as the conspiracy theory, I don't think there's any conspiracy theory involved. And in I think you were very articulate in the way you explained log rolling, and I think you're absolutely right. I think, I don't think it was, you know, so much, I think it was arrogance more than anything, if that makes sense. Um, log rolling is nothing new here in Kentucky. Every Democrat governor does it, every Democrat legislature done it. So Matt Bevan, I believe, was arrogant enough to think, well, you know, screw it, we don't have to worry about this, we'll just do what everybody does, we'll just pile this bill on with all kinds of shit that don't belong in there, and they'll have to pass it, we can bait and switch, they've done it for decades. But I think his arrogance did it. What's interesting here is that if it was Steve Bashir or a Democrat governor, it would have never went to court. The Republicans would have taken to court over that. What, they would have what, done what it. They got the it, balls.
3: But he had to know Bevin's not a fool. He had to know that Andy Bashir would take it to court. I think, and this, Bevin, would make,
1: I,
0: this
3: would make Andy look like a hero to the unions. Why Why would he do that? What, what's his posterior arrogance.
1: I think Bevin's arrogance said that Andy's going to sue us in court. We're going to be able to prove that this is business as usual in Kentucky with with different precedents from previous governors and previous legislatures doing this log rolling. And the courts are going to throw it out because it's going to expose the Democrats for their hypocrisy for doing the same thing we just did. And we're going to get away with it because the Democrats have gotten away with it for decades. And it's going to make Andy look bad when he loses. That's the arrogance factor. He didn't he didn't he didn't really count on the fact mm-hmm. that Quite frankly, and I know you're going to have a problem with this when I say it, and I understand it, Mr. Attorney, but quite frankly, the courts are, are stacked, especially your appeals to Supreme Court, they're stacked with Democrats or Democratic sympathizers, party sympathizers. So if the Democrats are going to push this against a Republican governor, I, I was fairly certain that they were going to have a problem with it upholding just because of that. Um, you know, and I know that sounds harsh, I get it, but it's the truth. The court system in this thing, in our state particularly to me, is a political court system. It's not based on a rule of law. It's based on who you know and who you blow in many cases. Now, they get it right sometimes, so it could be wrong. But when you get into political cases like this one is, politics are going to rule the day, not the essence of law. Quite frankly, with, with precedent cases of law ruling by previous administrations that had have stood the test of time, this one should have stood that test. But that was the arrogance of Bevin thinking he could get away with breaking the law because somebody else got away with breaking the law. And I don't agree with that arrogance. Go ahead, Ed.
0: Okay, Thomas has got me thinking now. Of course, law is <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn shit. Damn it. damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, now we all know that law rolling goes on and that there are a damn few things and single issue bills and stuff that pass the legislature. They're always messed up. I, it predates me, but as we're talking about the pension, suddenly I find myself wondering if the in the the bill or whatever that passed that in, has those, uh, unfortunately, those irresponsible words, in contract, was right. log-rolled. What if it wasn't, what if that, I'm just now, the, so I'm just wondering, I have no idea, but you know, it's Thomas, so he'll lead us down that path is he right. I well, find myself wondering that there no doubt there's a lot of bills that were not clean and right. that were log rolled. I suddenly Lockerish. find myself. Since we're on the subject of the pension, that part that has a contract is there a, a roll? Was that part of a log rolled bill and does that Somehow, if so, does that negate the inviolable
1: contract clause? I think that's a valid question, Thomas. It's
3: a good question. Well, (laughs) you know, there's a in 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 fielding practice in baseball, they use a special bat called a fungo. A fungo bat is. It will hit a high pop up. It, it's it's to hit a ball that's meant to be catched, uh, meant to be caught, catched. Listen to me. Uh, a ball <laughs> that's meant to be caught is a is a fungo, and and so there's a, there's a type of lawsuit called a fungo. What uh, to get an industrial development bond uh, to get the guys on Wall Street to sell the bonds. You have to have a Court of Appeals opinion or a Supreme Court opinion saying that it's constitutional. And so what happens, for instance, McCracken County wanted an industrial development bond to build a shoe factory. But the factory was outside of McCracken County. I mean, it was outside of Paducah, uh, but it was close enough that the people from Paducah would be working there. So they figured that was a good idea, even though it's totally illegal to do something like that, right, to to have an industrial development bond outside of your jurisdiction. Anyway, they went ahead and passed the bill, and so a lawsuit was filed challenging the constitutionality of of the bond issue. The lawsuit was filed by the union that was going to represent the workers in the shoe factory, right? And so the the lawsuit basically said, this is unconstitutional. And then the city of McCracken County filed an answer saying, no, it ain't either. And and then the union filed back, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> the
0: Court of <laughs> Appeals
3: ruled that that, that that was legal, even though it's right. clearly on its face, illegal, but they got their shoe factory built. So a fungo is a, a lawsuit is a phony lawsuit to to challenge the constitutionality of something that you that you really don't want it challenged. Well, is this is this kind of the legislative equivalent of that? Was this was this a ball that was meant to be caught? Did did they intend that this thing would be ruled unconstitutional so that they could take another bite at it? And change it. I, you know, kind of I don't perfect. know. I, that, yeah, well, that, that, that's a, that's yeah, a possibility. And, but and honestly, and I don't think or, that they have
1: thought that far through. Go ahead. Well,
0: I don't know. That's what, and that's what I'm saying. And, or, speaking of Thomas's fungos, uh I find myself wondering if they passed a bill that procedurally unconstitutional, knowing that there are a lot of bills from the past that are probably procedurally unconstitutional, they can go on in and take the bait,
3: take the bait. Oh, I guarantee there are.
0: And, take oh, the and, I'm wondering. and, now, and now they can start looking at bills that they don't like and just say, well, because you hear them saying it already. They're saying, well, lots of bills are passed this way. Right. Uh, lots of bills under the last 100 years when the Democrats controlled everything, yeah, lots of bills were passed that way. Now, that Andy basically opened the door to legal challenges to lots of bills?
3: Well, so well as I good. say, I, I, I didn't used to believe in conspiracies till I started hanging out with you two guys, you know. Uh, but you've got to be convinced <laughs> that well, there's backroom is. deals that, that, that determine everything but the stars. Well,
1: now you say that, but you know what? I mean, you were really tight with the Democratic Party, especially earlier in your career, and you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. You can play. I, I know there's certain things you can't say or do, but anybody anybody who's ever dealt with politicians in their life, including you, has seen a time or two of something that was very questionable. There's no doubt about that. Now, I can't you know, tell
3: you everything I know, Ed, because well, I don't. I don't have a statute of limitations on felonies.
1: <laughs> If you told me everything you knew, it would just scare the hell out of me. I'd start really thinking about quality friendships I've got. But that's another story for another day. Um, you know, the, thing, the thing is, though, I mean, it really truly is. I do wonder, is there a statute of limitations on challenging stuff that is existing law? What if we found something that was passed over the last 20 years, you know, that, that involves the pensioners today, that, that, was, that was passed through log rolling? Can we can we now go back twenty years later and challenge that particular law? Oh,
3: absolutely. There's no there's no statute of limitations on constitutionality. <laughs> I mean, look at, look oh, at the, uh, the the Plessy oh, versus boy. Ferguson this said this separate this but this equal this was the law of the country, and then in 1954 nice. the court completely changed that. Separate is not equal. So you now there's there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of uh, examples in history where they've gone back and found old laws that have been in on the books for years and years uh, to be unconstitutional.
0: Well so the state good. sodomy
3: law. The state sodomy law was found to be unconstitutional mm. and that was on the books. Well, I, get, for,
1: I get finding laws I get finding laws to be unconstitutional years later. But I'm talking about these law rolling laws that affect the general public, you know, like the pensions or, or things like that. I you know, because quite frankly just about everything that passes anymore is a long rolling. There's no ifs and well, about that. In my well, opinion. some, when some you, when of some of the law rolling is
3: in is in is in uh, appropriations bills. I uh-huh. mean, that's the uh-huh. majority area of the law rolling is in appropriation bills. And Absolutely. after the after the two-year cycle of the budget is over with, it becomes huh. moot. You can't you can't go get that money back so so right. I mean they get away with it in the appropriation bills but but right. this is something different this this pension thing was part of a large package of legislation that dealt with a totally different subject and it, and it didn't appear in the title that it was an amendment and in, in in fairness I think I think a lot of the legislators will will claim that they never had a chance to read it they had no idea what they were voting on kind of like what they do at the federal legislature you know when they pass an Obama Care.
1: Not anymore. Not anymore.
3: I think uh, I think uh, 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 Little Johnny Yarmuth is still reading through the Obamacare thing. He hadn't had a chance to finish it. Well, they don't believe uh, he in that anymore. He, he, he admitted that he didn't read it. Look, well, of oh, not it don't Nancy it Pelosi? Anymore? Nancy Pelosi did a public speech that says
1: we have to pass it to see what's in it because nobody had time to read it. And now That's today, what Nancy said. Yeah. now yeah, now today for the last two years. Nancy Pelosi has been out there screaming, we have to read it before we can pass it because we don't understand it because the Democrats didn't have control. It's the hypocrisy of it. Um, you know, those are very interesting things, though, on this pension bill. You know, I've got a lot of people who do research and stuff to listen to this show. You know, boy, it would be, it'd be really nice if we found a benefactor who wanted to fund a lot of research. But I would love to go through half of these damn public laws and stuff that affect pensions, sewage, all of that stuff. I would love... Somebody to fund a project like that and just start going through and find out exactly how much stuff has been log road outside of appropriations that, uh, that that we can go out and, and fix and really piss off. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. My best guess is most of it's going to be Democrats, but they had control for 90 years. But I would love to go through and embarrass the shit out of Andy Bashir, Adam Edelin, and a whole host of others who are playing this silly ass game right now. I really would. But, as usual, I don't have time for that, and we're out of time on this show. Mr. McAdam, thanks so much for the call. Same mm-hmm. to you, Mr. Hawker. We appreciate it. Ed Martin, final thoughts? You know, I,
0: I really don't have any final thoughts much right now. I just would like to thank Mr.
3: McAdam for
0: getting me to – usually I'm it. I'm, I'm I'm, – I'm clear. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You know, I say, hey, sometimes just things just happen enough times. It looks like it can be crazy, but it still – actually logical and random, you know? It's like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, this is this is something to think about as a final thought. It's, we all know, you know, how many times do people say we just need to pass clean bills, and nobody ever does it. I have to be honest. I did not know that there's requirements that we have to pass single bills, and now all of a sudden, out of the blue, McAdams calls up and, didn't start an argument. I'm, I'm amazed, and, <laughs> and, and and actually has me thinking. You know, got, it's just like, oh my goodness. You know, like you said, let, do legislative research. You find a benefactor or something. There could be, there could be. You know, this is something that I maybe Andy didn't think his way through. He, he just in a in a fit went after Bevin, and he might have opened the door up to all sorts of interesting lawsuits and challenges to a lot of legislation that we know probably didn't come through clean. Damn. Okay.
1: That's where I go. (laughs) Well, you know, I get it. I, uh, you know, and that's the thing, because one of the things I've been griping about for, gosh, as many years as I can remember is this standalone bill situation. I've, I've been sick and tired at every level, whether it's in Louisville, Kentucky, or the u s at large in the federal government. I get sick and tired of this law really, and it happens in each and every. Thing. If you have something you can't pass on its own, then you go ahead and add it to something else. you log roll it into another bill, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, you know it gets passed, and nobody's held accountable for breaking the law to get it done. So we've been talking about standalone legislation for at least 15, 20 years. Um, you know, so I'm with you on that. It's something that has to be done. But I tell you, McAdam does have me thinking right now, and I agree. What if Bevin, because I think Bevin did this through his own arrogance and ego, thinking it wouldn't get kicked back. But what if McAdam's right? What if Bevin did this to open up that Pandora's box and go after some other stuff he didn't think he would have a chance to? You know? Is he that smart? I guess we're going to find out. But, um, you know, it it is amazing. But I'm sick of it. Um, I like the fact that he called a special session. I think it's necessary. I I think that you're going to have those that have been waffling and playing the garbage game on this for the last few months, almost a year now, are are now going to have to stand up or back off. There's no in between. You're in a special session. You're on a single issue. Now everybody's going to know where you really stand based on the way you mm-hmm. vote. You're not going to be able to play games like you do in a regular session that starts in January, and you're not going to be able to hide and log roll and do all this other crazy stuff. So now we're going to get a true accounting, and that's as harmful as it to the Republicans as Bevin thinks it's going to be to the Democrats. So as far as I'm concerned, this particular move holds both sides accountable, and Adam Edelin is a moron who's trying to play politics not, not try, trying to pretend like it's going to change in January because you've got all these changes at the House when you don't. They only picked up two seats. I mean, I don't know where this guy's doing anymore. haven't seen him for, for two or three years now. Now all of a sudden he wants to run for governor. He's going to make that announcement soon. Uh, and now he's going to sit out here and play this gimmick politics. And I always thought he was above that. He's the one that concerns me the most in all of this. I would have actually thought about him as governor at one point, but not anymore. That's gone. Uh, based on what he's been doing the last few months. But to get back to this, though, I mean, it really is it's kind of disturbing that we continue to log roll. But in this particular case, we're going to find a court that just told us log rolling was bad. Now they're going to do it the proper way, and it's going to set a precedent for the future, whether that's a future with Governor Matt Bevan or a future with a Democratic governor. This is going to set the precedent to keep both sides accountable. And I'm thankful for that. I like this session. I don't like special sessions. This one, I do. But that's all I got. Mr. Martin, thanks as always. I appreciate it. All right. Mr. Hogger, Mr. McAdam, again, thanks for the calls as usual. Ed, have a great week. And we won't have a show next week. Uh, We will skip next week. Christmas Eve is Monday night. I'll be darned if we're going to do a radio show on Christmas Eve. That's a time for families and uh, friends, whatever you're doing. You enjoy that time with people who are close to you. You don't spend that time with me on a radio show. So enjoy your week off next week. We'll return in two weeks and uh, maybe kick off. Uh, We'll see what New Year's Eve is going to bring. But for now, don't plan on a show next week. In the meantime, folks, thank you so much for staying with us really all year long. Uh, It's been an up and down year with this show. We've had to miss a few shows for for other reasons. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your dedication and loyalty to me, Ed Martin, this show, and and the whole My View Matters concept, the MVM concept. And uh, for you and yours, man, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a very, very blessed Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening.
3: I know that you're afraid.
2: You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you.